0: I want to have a an episode where Tom and I talk about our lapsed Christianity or lapsed faith. But do you remember when you were a kid? I don't know if y'all ever believed in the Rapture, where you would just be literally sitting around thinking that it might happen any any second. minute. Yeah, <laughs> any minute. like
1: no. After you watch those <laughs> Left Behind shows, yeah. remember oh, yeah. those movies? I was like, like that yeah. Left Behind series—they made us watch that in youth group. It was terrifying. Yeah. It was literally oh, yeah. horrifying.
0: Oh man, it was. It was though um, an amazingly compelling. Concept for an apocalyptic, like fictionalized, like they could do a series on that, you know, in the same way that they've done like The Walking Dead and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would totally watch that shit. Oh, yeah. I would totally watch that shit. And then you would have like the people that are left behind. Like, I would be left behind for sure. But I'd still be <laughs> like, you know, Christian. Like, would, I would... would you take the mark to get uh, food? <laughs> no, dude. I would be like one of those. Um, people who like rebuild society afterwards. Cause I was like kind of a Christian when I was still here, but then I got left behind. And
2: I'm ask you a question: <laughs> Would the tribulation uh, necessitate the end of capitalism? Probably, yeah. Because you can't buy <laughs> or sell save they that have the mark.
0: So before, right before you walked in, Tom and I were just talking about a question as old as time itself: Can you be racist by yourself, just alone in your room, just? with no other external uh, anything, like, interacting with you, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Just you alone. Just you
2: alone. Racism is a verb, I feel like.
1: (laughs) Well, technically, I mean, there's also a school of thought that racism is only systemic, and that, like, interpersonal microaggressions are just, like, more like prejudices, because racism like the word racism needs to hold a lot higher like racism. So microaggressions are a,
2: tributary of Yeah.
1: <laughs> that this is why the people organizing the neo Nazi rally don't think that, that that they're it's the same reason have are having trouble <laughs> connecting the dots to similar campaigns to stop a prison construction. They yeah. think that racism.
0: You mean the not the Nazi itself or the anti uh, Nazi rally? The
1: people who are countering who oh, the, are. It's so a
0: counter rally. Yeah. Can't get on board with the idea of prison abolition.
1: Yeah. So the people who are counter, who are organizing the counter actions and rallies against the neo Nazi mm-hmm. rally in Pikeville, are having a terrible time seeing the parallels in a campaign to stop prison construction here in the same congressional district. And when they said, why don't you want a prison in your county? I said, why don't you want a neo-Nazi rally in your county? <laughs> That's literally what I said. And what? and he said, I don't like the lines you're drawing here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, we can pull it up and read The Flame War if y'all want to. I was very embarrassed. I never get into flames on Facebook. Oh, so yeah, it no. It ain't fucking worth it. But I this didn't. set me off. Yeah. It set me on fire. And then he, he tried to allude to the fact that nothing can be done on the construction end of prison expansion to, to address the problems in the justice system. That this was a phallus. That we're silly if we think stopping prison construction will have anything to do with... With the prison system.
0: Right, right. Well, what's his name? <laughs> Fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty dumb. Um, but I guess is it because he's a liberal? Is that why?
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> like, he is textbook, your are bookmarked Democrat. And so I just, I don't understand how people think racism is just something that you see with the naked eye all the time. Like the only racism they understand is yelling obscenities at someone. Like, racism is denying people good loans and health care right. and yeah. not giving them GI bills when they return from the fucking war. <laughs> um, right. But, uh...
0: That shit's not woke, Tanya. That shit's not woke. It's not sexy. You can't talk about redlining. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's redlining? Just, yeah, it's just like once you actually get down to the actual, like, wonky things that need to be done to end white supremacy, It's, it's it, it exits the realm of getting 100 likes on your Facebook, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, ex- it exits the realm of being woke and enters the realm of being...
1: If you can't meme it, it's not real.
0: Well, Tom and I were talking about this today. Like, to to just pretend that there are no class dimensions to any of our struggles is just entirely... It's It's absurd.
1: Well, to come back to this question of can you be racist alone in your room, <laughs> I
0: say first yes. First things first, I say yes <laughs> yeah.
1: because I think I think we are all racist, and because we benefit from white supremacy as white people, even though plenty of us are grew up poor or working class or whatever, and mm-hmm. class whatever, we are still benefiting from systems of white supremacy.
2: How do you make that sell though when to who when you're organizing white people?
1: Well, well I, d- I don't say it like that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you do. Like, it, Or rather,
2: how do you impart that?
1: I will say it is very difficult. Asking for a friend. It is very difficult <laughs> to talk to poor white people in eastern Kentucky about privilege, about white privilege. Um, and I've tried to do it, and it's not easy. Um, but I definitely, um, I think... I don't know. I don't know what the answer is about it conversationally. I don't. I can't think of a time that it's like I've seen some breakthrough with someone through a conversation, but through working with black people and queer people, um, people I've seen people move, make moves. I,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you to should add to that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs>
1: um, well, I think this brings us to an article that came out this weekend.
0: Yeah, what is it?
1: We talked about it already. Me and you did. Yeah, you sent it to me and said this is interesting, and I had already read it.
0: Yeah, no, it was really good actually. Mm -hmm. It was about um, organizations like Surge and like uh, white-led anti-racist organizations.
1: The title was great. It was like it said "Whites Only," (laughs) yeah, which is like you know. She knows what she's doing. She's a great tagline. It said, Whites Only, Surge, and the uh, Caucasian Invasion of Racial Justice spaces. Right. Just fucking mic drop. Yeah.
2: She had a a good... Uh, I didn't say this. Y'all got a school Oh,
1: she lit... I will have to look up her name and give her credit, but... Yeah. She is a part of Black Lives Matter Boston, I'm pretty sure. And she was a part of the Black Blocks that shut down. Right,
0: the inauguration. On
1: Inauguration Day that shut down a lot of the checkpoints on Inauguration Day. Bad bitch. I'm going to go out on a limb here and presume. She had a good line (laughs) in there
0: about how there's probably more white people at surge meetings than KKK rallies, (laughs) 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 which is probably true. (laughs) Uh, Um,
1: She had a lot of good, I'm going to pull it up.
0: Uh, I think it gets at a very interesting thing. Several things that I've sort of had on my mind and I've just been throwing around all weekend. One of which is that white people stay being ridiculous. They stay being white people. Hardly anything good ever comes from a group of exclusively white people, um, especially <laughs> anti racism. Which we talked about this last week too. Like, I, I still am unclear what the fuck white led groups mean when they say doing anti racism. Like, it's still so. It means nothing. It just means that you're not publicly racist.
1: When it comes to surge, unfortunately, I think it's a lot of book clubs. <laughs> They're like have reading lists and shit. Cause I've been on a couple surge calls a couple years ago, which some of them is like it's like campaign driven. They like whatever. But um, one, I think, common misconception about surge is that they are intending it to be multiracial, but the end goal is to it's to like activate white people against white supremacy. Right. But, of course, the inherent, the inherent flaws are just <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. My favorite part of the article. So her name is Dee Dee Delgado. Delgado. And it's uh, BLM Cambridge. So that's different than Boston. Cambridge, Mass. Right? Yeah. That's different than Boston. Down,
0: o- organizing anti-racism. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's not that's even <laughs> Boston. <laughs> Down by the Piers. <laughs> Watching the Pats game. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. That's... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs>
1: My fave was that she like emailed all the cha- all the search chapters and asked them like a series of questions. Yeah, it was yeah. like, who are you accountable to? What black leadership are you uh, allied with? Blah blah blah, some something. something. Um, but the best question in that was I can't even find it right now. But it was, uh, how did you celebrate Beyonce announcing she was having twins?
0: <laughs> that was good. And I was
1: like, fuck yeah! If people cannot answer that question, what are they about? What are they about? Where were you when Beyonce right. announced, dropped her whole fucking pregnancy photo shoot, the greatest thing we've seen, God. Uh, you know, I'd say since Beyonce's Super Bowl appearance.
0: R- r- right, right.
2: <laughs>
1: like the best thing we've seen
2: since then. <laughs> we were just talking about Jay-Z. I think about Jay-Z a lot these days because he was my hero as a kid. Not hero, but he was my favorite rapper. And He's
1: not still? I'm surprised you know that. I no, think but that's Disney.
2: that's the segue, in what we're talking about is that when men hit forty, from forty to sixty, they're just like very creepy. Mm-hmm. In like sixty, you kind of soften up a little bit, you know. You kind of like got some grandpaish qualities. Yeah. You get a little gray in your hair, and you're like less threatening, you're
1: more charming.
2: Yeah, but between forty and sixty, you're total creep like bad years. But even if you're not creepy, you're definitely not cool. And like that, Jay Z's in the throes of the not cool period. Yeah, well, what I was and a guy that I never imagined being not cool.
0: Yeah, before. like Tom said this to me the other day, and I was like, Jesus, you're right. When you think of Jay Z, if anybody was going to be cool through their 40s and 50s, it'd be that guy, and he's not doing it very he's well. Not it well. Not I doing mean, he's it still right.
2: dressing like he's like 20. Yeah, you know, yeah. What he's mean? not aging well.
0: You know what I mean?
1: I don't know. I still think he looks good. Cause, but the only time I ever see him is on award shows when <laughs> Beyonce's performing and they like flash over to him and Ivy and I'm just like so giddy that I don't fucking know what the fuck and then occasionally I'll see like an Instagram picture of them you know courtside you, when, at a Knicks when he's cane. wearing a
2: tuxedo he does look cool when um. he's when he's wearing uh, at 46 a sideways Nick's hat yeah it just kind of looks like a like <laughs> he's tri- you know what I mean it's kind of like the same effect <laughs> as like you know like when like you'll see like grown men around here wearing like is jay 40? Maul He's 46.
0: Yeah, he's
1: Wait, how old's B? Man. She's not 40. In her like
0: mid-30s. 34
2: or something.
1: I didn't realize there was that big a difference between them.
0: No, Z was, uh like, his first album came out in, like, 96 or 97. Beyonce was still probably God, it. Is
1: so <laughs> stupid. If he is really do pulling this shit on her, God, he's done. Oh, dumb.
2: gosh. Time time, yeah. They're making millions of dollars off putting these thoughts in your head. I don't
1: care, I don't care, I
2: don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I, so I just finished reading kind of like the other book besides hillbilly elegy that talks about the white underclass it's kind of on everybody's tongue but not but in a much different way Is this nancy eisenberg's white trash the 400 year history of class in america Mm -hmm. and my takeaway is that in our organizing whatever that is (laughs) we are it's a project of mine. It's a project of, of, of mine, yeah. <laughs> we well, first off, again, the C word, when you say that, people automatically think that you're prioritizing the white underclass's oppression over that of
0: people of color. That I think that's kind of not accurate. And listen, who says that the most? Hillary people. It's the Hillary people. It's the Hillary right. people. We're, yeah,
2: it's all about identity over here on our side now, and all that, that kind of right, shit. Right, right. Um, but what I also took away from it was that, while the white underclass might not, ever be victims of the legacy of Jim Crow and pigmatism and all these other things, I think people really go out on limb and say, like I heard somebody say. Oh, well, America doesn't lynch its hillbillies. Historically, not exactly true. <laughs> forced sterilization programs, I mean, there were what they called tallow people in North Carolina and Tennessee and eastern Kentucky and southwest Virginia that were massacred in the eighteen in the early 1800s. Yeah,
1: there were a lot of forced sterilization in black communities too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's exactly yeah. what I'm
2: trying to say, though, yeah. is that there's we need to use this as an organizing tool to sort of, bring poor and working people of all colors together
0: yeah because if you if you think about it like that argument or, or, or that if you work from the framing of identity politics like what you just said it sets it up into this what becomes like oppression olympics if you don't have any sort of like larger framework to put it into class then it doesn't make sense it becomes a competition yeah. among groups and identities right. and that's not how we're going to get to change anywhere, right. we're not going to get anywhere right. yeah
2: yeah
1: well, I was making, I was drawing these lines um, today with someone, which y'all probably heard me say this before. I've been on this kick. I just do this, you know, like every so often I'll have an epiphany and then that's all I say for the next month. And then I'll have another one. That's all I say for the next month. Y'all must not care because you still hang out with me years later. So the epiphany I'm on right now, the kick I'm on right now is about how wealth transfers. And it's basically only generationally. And maybe, I, did I talk about this last week?
0: No, but you talk, we talked a little bit about it over the weekend, I think. Oh, maybe. Maybe?
1: We spend too much goddamn time together. Y'all need to leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the point here is, maybe i have already <laughs> said it and you can cut it out if I have. But, well, basically, like any economist will tell you, like 95, 90% of wealth is generational. Like right. all wealth just moves through families. Right. And, you know, we've talked about this, Tom. Of course black communities couldn't build wealth they were they were working for free for 300 years yeah, <laughs> essentially right. um and then they were sent to war and when they came back they didn't get gi bills like those are huge markers in history where black people were cheated out of any wealth so that there's no wealth in so many black communities have very right. little wealth and so and it it's basically impossible in america to move yourself out of the class you were born into but that's completely opposite of the American dream, right? right, right. Everyone, probably half Trump voters who are poor, um, which you know there aren't that many of, <laughs> you already hear, <it> <laughs> um, feel like they are going to get rich one day, and so they like to feel some kind of kinship with Trump because they're going—that's them one day.
2: Right. No, I think that's exactly right. I think um, you Republicans know- and, and elites in general, regardless of of politics have pulled this trick on the middle class and I think it's really at the root of why during the campaign season you always hear it's the middle class it's the middle class it's the middle class never poor and working people because it gives them a sense of superiority over somebody and at the same time convinces them that they're in the same elite circle as like the mega wealthy and that while they may be deluding themselves they still feel like it's aspirational And they will get there eventually, and they're just, like, on the cusp of it. And, look, these people already welcomed me in anyway.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's, it's like that article we were just talking about in Descent. It's actually funny how Tom and I wanted to talk about this article, and it's just like the conversation just naturally presents itself basically the person who sort of like legitimized uh, or you know there's been a lot actually like I think that the whole history of American literature in art there is this very real like pull yourself up by bootstraps Horatio Alger type thing garbage. Yeah. but um, but Dolly's one of them Dolly is a huge purveyor of the redneck chic. like she did do that right because she raised from hard scrabble nothing right. and now she just talks about counter money all the time yeah. which is great but as a story for like making it in our society like i don't know it's the same thing with jd vance like conservatives do this all the time they're like the see, they, they, they did focus it. on the outliers, right they focus on the outliers but they don't talk about the fact that yeah wealth is generational well
1: these i love that you said this because they you know the other piece of that is that you can see that also on the central appalachian side immigrants moved here native people from here were literally working in the mines for script they never made any real money They never were able to buy a house, buy land. The company owned all the land and all the homes, and they never built any equity or wealth. So it
2: jams things up for generations. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So,
1: of course, there's literally no fucking wealth across the South at (laughs) Avalanche, besides concentrated in a few families who owned owned all the companies and the plantations and and shit. Um, and so what you're saying about Dolly is, like, you know, so the, the 10% of people who are able to, like, shoot through all the, the class structure right. are, you uh, know.
0: With a f- your 10%, I think you're being very generous, too. You think 10% is generous? Oh. I think it's got to be, like, two
2: <laughs> or I, one. Yeah. I say, I think percentages of percentages. Well, yeah, I think you're right. Well, I'm saying because I'm Gregory, saying.
1: For every Dolly
0: Parton, there's 600,000, <laughs> you know.
1: Sure, but what I'm saying is.
0: Donald Blankenship, that's another one. Anyway, I'm
1: saying but, there's, like, entertainment. So yeah. that's like sports. So athletes, yeah, musicians, yeah, yeah, yeah. producers. And then there's like the tech bros. Right. Like a lot a lot of poor people are like just like were tech savvy and like popped off right. in the like new tech economy. And so maybe it is like, you know, it's ninety five percent generational. You have to have money to make money. Right. Like capitalism, blah, blah blah. But what you the good point you bring up here is talking about Dolly, talking about counting her money, and it brings up a really important um parallel between country music and rap music and uh our friend ada had a friend in college who did like her whole this like whole end project like she spent years building this case around this um this theory about imagined violence called imagined violence do y'all know have y'all heard i've only heard of this from ada telling me about this story but it was literally like this whole theory about how the only two genres of art that imagine violence are hip-hop and country because it's poor people's music. Yeah. And so they literally, like, t- you can name 50 rap songs and 50 country songs right now that imagine violence and talk about having to fucking kill people for something or, right. or like, um, take up for themselves or blah, blah, blah. And so like, this is literally poor people's music. And yeah, th-
0: yeah. No, that's a good point. It also raises my, uh, I, an idea, I already told Tom this, an idea I had when we were, and this, we were talking about this in a second, when we were at Pigeon Forge this weekend, yeah. was uh, uh I want to do like a mystery science theater three thousand on this show, but we just watched nineties country music videos, like uh, the Shania videos we were watching. Yeah, we watched the like
1: the whole Shania <laughs> discography while we were high. A yeah. Georgia fan.
0: So can we uh? <laughs> Can we actually talk about Gatlinburg a little bit? Can we talk about our experience yeah. in Yeah, well, Pitcher when, Pitcher, when you this?
1: said that, what I thought you were going to say is about how many big-ass trucks drove through the Gatlinburg Strip bumping rap.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like every, yeah. Every,
1: every, every block, it was like another huge truck coming through, and they were mostly just like blasting like 90s rap music, and it wasn't even Correct. like, I mean, it wasn't future. It wasn't, oh. they wasn't fucking blasting yeah. It's involved. dated rap. Listen, <laughs> when, when,
2: when I, I used to lifeguard at the swimming pool- in in lightsburg here and there was this guy that drove this like late model like gray like fucking like old like 80 something S10 or something and he had like the confederate flag and all that shit on on and he would you could set your fucking watch by it he would drive by the pool every day bumping you don't really wanna go (laughs) and I can tell but I'm gonna take you anyway what the hell? <laughs> N- daily song? Yeah. <laughs> so I was say, I'm, I'm pretty th- sure I heard country
0: yeah. grammar yeah, 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 yeah. on Sunday. In I, I could Gallenberg. probably <laughs> count it on three or four hands yeah. the number of times I heard country grammar.
2: Like, that's like if you were to do like <laughs> like, the, like the hillbilly top 10 hip hop albums, country grammar is like oh, in there, yeah. like yeah. on everybody's list. Yeah. yeah. The other one, I don't know about you all, but Eminem's Superman is pretty, makes the rounds pretty well.
1: Jaw roll pain is love. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh yeah, John Rose, big in this. Doctor Dry, two thousand one. Oh yeah. Oh, that
1: might be number one with (laughs) a bullet. Yeah, I know
0: him. Oh shit. Yeah. Um. So. uh, Damn, that is spot on. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it really is. I do kind of think that I don't listen to a lot of modern country, but it seems like a lot of the country now, though, has has changed a lot, in it's like themes not. Not the ones coming from men and women. The ones coming from women still, like, uh, adhere to that what you're saying. But the country songs for men now are so vapid and um, they're just completely substanceless. And and a lot of them are patriotic and you know what I mean.
2: Or 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 co op the hip hop aesthetic. Or co op the hip hop aesthetic. Yeah. 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 And
1: this is I swear this, I just keep. I need to just write a fucking book about this or something. I wouldn't ever write a book because I'm lazy. But my whole theory that men, you know, not you all, but men. <laughs> not
0: all men. <laughs> not all
1: men. Okay, maybe you all. Yeah, uh, probably us. But men are just like, maybe it's not an evolution thing because like people get all whatever about the actual science of evolution. About
0: biological determinants. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Who fucking cares? But my point is that. For so long, men have been expected to do so little in the world. Like, like the outcomes that men actually have to deliver are yeah. so little. Like they don't raise people. They don't raise any humans. They they right. are mostly think tanks. But
2: the bar is set so yeah, low. The
1: the bar is so you basically low. Basically
2: just have to sire an air and then hand it off to the woman you sired the yeah. air on. Yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah. And then and you're women, and then you're lionized.
1: Yeah, and women have literally had to basically do all the work that men decided was important and plus the things that they cared about, the ideas that they had, they needed to <laughs> see to fruition, plus raise every fucking human that is operating on the planet right now. Right. And I just feel like we've become so different. Like, and and gender is a construct too. Like, you know, there's some like real biology um uh, uh, that to take into place, but gender is a total fucking capitalist construct, and it has fucked us over so badly that we're just like
0: unrelatable.
1: That's why I feel like people are just like, fuck it, I don't want to be a woman or a man. It's awful. This is this construct is god awful. <laughs> it is exhausting.
0: <laughs> it's, it's
2: terrible. Is.
0: It really is.
1: Men are pitiful, and women have to do everything. That's <laughs> Not <literally> all men. <laughs> <laughs> God.
2: Yeah. But 10% I mean, of men are good.
1: And there are so many, like, I, I really have a lot of proof of this in the workplace, of men being praised for the work that women do. Right. Taking ideas, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and like, getting to, you know, like, at my last job, um, every time we would have a big event, the men would get to all wear suits, and the women would have to wear matching fucking t shirts with our logo on it. And it used to grind my gear so bad because you know I love to rock a blazer. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was just, oh, I, I would just, what? me and Willow both would just be fucking livid that we were all standing there looking like <laughs> a fucking cheerleading squad. Oh, shit. And all the men yeah. were in three piece suits looking nice. Like, they obviously did all this work. And then we're literally working the lunch line at the event that we planned.
0: Bullshit. I, yeah. I and mean, I is, can't even tell fair. you
1: how many times this happened. Like literally every event. And so, like the pr- I have a lot of proof from uh, my own personal work experience, but I hadn't even thought about the proof in the pudding of country music.
0: Yep, there it is, right in front of us. Right in <laughs> front. Right in front of us. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, Gallenberg. <laughs> Pigeon forage, baby. Full disclosure: um, ninety seven or eight percent of my weekend was fueled by marijuana brownies, <laughs> <laughs> and the uh not the nonsensical absurdity that arises from such a mental state. Yeah,
1: I know. A few times I looked at Terrence and I was like, Lord have mercy, he is he has withdrawn into himself. <laughs> he is contemplating. The universe in ways we cannot comprehend. The hiring higher
0: than groceries. <laughs> right. Oh right, God, he yeah. was so gone. I was on a higher plane. So gone. Yeah, no, the first instance that I just knew that the merry go round had totally like gone off its hinges. Um so we um <laughs> <laughs> we we all, you know, made weed brownies on Saturday morning and so, I
1: drove the van a couple times so I Yeah.
0: I drove it once. I
1: took one for the team and didn't didn't partake yeah. in one evening so I could drive the van.
0: Well, so we went to this place called Parrot Mountain. Um, I've always heard about this, but I had no idea there was literally parrots there. Yeah, there's a lot of parrots oh, there. Oh, that's
1: about all there is. That's about all
0: there is. So the first thing that happens when we walk in there is that we, we, we walked in there, and there was about 10 of us, and in my mind in my in my recollection of it didn't really happen this way but in my recollection of it there's 10 cockatoos like white cockatoos like on these wooden stands right in front of us and like we walk up to them and then we're all talking and then someone says hey and then one of the cockatoos goes hey and and then um it was just like hello what's up and then one of us laughed like haha and then one of the cockatoos started laughing like huh and then we all started laughing and then all they all started laughing so
1: we laughed even harder (laughs) so we laughed
0: even harder and
1: they laughed even harder (laughs) and it just like kept the volume kept rising and we were paralyzed i bet you i bet
2: you were (laughs) we were all
1: so hot and i looked up and was backing away from us because she she knew we had all took the brownies and she was backing the stroller away and just like looking at us we looked crazy
0: I'm sure we looked crazed, just
1: like... And then after I saw her, I looked up, and everyone in the place had stopped and was looking <laughs> at us. The people who worked there, there was, like, a huge oh family God, there. Oh, so good. Oh, it was so fucking hilarious. Oh, my hilarious. God, I was just like, oh, we have to stop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we all could just kept feeding we up. We gotta stop. Yeah, and, the, and, and, and so I was like, I think so those cockatoos were yeah. just like, I don't know how much further we could <laughs> yeah. go. Man. yeah. yeah, yeah. I was wondering later on if they told the story the same way. They were just like, man, so, like, y'all should have seen it earlier. We were just, like, chilling, and this group came up, and they started and you laughing. You know how, like, we, we got to, like, repeat everything <laughs> they say because yeah. it's just, like, what we do. <laughs> well, we started repeating it, and then it became genuinely funny to us. And <laughs> they
1: were getting so loud, they were going, ah! <laughs>
0: Yeah, they were they were
2: shrieking. Like it wasn't even like just like replicating the human laughter. It was like visceral. Listen, right. This
1: is actually what set it off. The, 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 you left this out because you weren't in the van on the way down. In the van on the way down, somehow we got on some new metal kick and we're like making fun of new metal and yeah. And, yeah. and and someone went. Oh, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. And we were like trying disturbed
0: song, you know. Oh, yeah. And we
1: were trying to remember what the song was for, what that song was, and Is like it took down, us like an, an hour. Yeah, we realized it was down with the sickness, and then we were joking that we were going to try to get the cockatoos to do it. When right we, when we got the Parrot Island, oh Malon. my God,
0: that would be so and,
1: funny. And and did it. Lil was going, Ooh, ha, ha, oh, oh, and the, and one of the parents went, oh. <laughs> yeah. And that's when we just that's fell the fuck Everybody out. just we fucking lost it. We all just yeah. fell apart. And that's when they all started laughing. And then we were laughing yeah. harder. It was just like, I felt like I was in a vortex and I couldn't escape. And then I was like looking around and I started getting scared. And I was like, we're going to get arrested. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, my God. it uh, was so good. It was funny. It was,
1: it was funny. crazy. Wait, we need to get a cartoonist to sketch this out.
0: Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> seriously. Seriously.
1: This is going to be my Christmas present <sighs> to everyone. I'm going to get someone to sketch yeah, this whole thing
0: out. Yeah. It was in my mind. It is a, an, an actual sketched cartoon. It is so fucking funny, but,
1: but Mountain ended up being so fucked up.
0: Yeah, but other yeah, other than that, Paramount was traumatic. And like, I saw this one cockatoo like screeching and swinging on its yeah. swing, and it was so bad that I was just like, humans are the fucking worst, man. Yeah, like this, really and I, you know, I went down one of those just like. Um, the, you know the creatures they deserve sympathy you know it's like talking to a crow <laughs> and it kept making these like yeah you know crows talk some crows talk oh uh, crows are incredibly intelligent and... <laughs> very intelligent yeah. yeah and they had one locked in a cage and yeah. and I was talking to it and it like leaned real far <laughs> down and it was like it goes like it did that like you to me. yeah like we understood each other on a level that um just can't couldn't be put into words on a podcast.
1: <laughs> did Alex tell you we saw two fucking?
0: Yeah, they saw two fucking. Me and Alex two stood crows there.
1: Two aw- No, it was two... Uh, they were small birds. I don't know what they were. Maybe they were just, like, small. I don't know. Did they,
2: did they like, know, see you catch them and kind of were embarrassed about it? No,
1: they... they, <laughs> they just, we like, we actually, the her and I, realized what was happening and, like, stayed a few more minutes to keep watching, <laughs> and then we, like, got so uncomfortable, like, standing side by side, wa- like... I got uncomfortable, and then I was more uncomfortable because I knew she knew what I was seeing. (laughs) And we just were both like, maybe we should leave. (laughs) So we just like walked off. But then when I got to another one of the women there, uh, I'm not going to say her name again. I was like, you need to go back over there and look
0: at that. Yeah, go check that, go sh- check that go shit Go out. check
1: that shit out. But right when she got over there, they like dismounted.
0: I, when I went to the aquarium and at- <laughs> I went to the aquarium in Atlanta one time, and these um, two beluga wells started having sex in front of this large group of people, and there were kids and everywhere, and it like flopped its dick out. And, like, beluga well got a big old dick. Yeah, yeah, and jizz went everywhere, oh like God. all in the water, and all the kids were like, what? So it pulled and prayed. Pulled and
1: prayed. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Pulling and praying in (laughs) captivity, dude.
0: Oh yeah. I'm looking captivity. Just be like, fuck
2: it. (laughs) Well, I was like, that baby ain't mine. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, nah. (laughs) Shit, I got that dick control. They're supposed to move me to Tank C in a month. I'm (laughs) I'm gonna be out of here. I can't be trying here, baby. I should sea not tank. be laughing at this. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, bad. Uh, so that was that was bad. That was a scam. Honestly, it's all a scam. One, I think the best uh, the best way to sum up how much of a scam it w- actually was, everything about it, was we went to the grand or the Smoky Mountain Opry in is that in Gatlinburg or Pigeon Pigeon, Pigeon, Forge. Pigeon Forge, and like they had this intermission in <laughs> this, this is show. What you're saying you enjoyed a little too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, they had this. Indeed. They had an intermission. It ironic. It was like you no. no, I was
1: like a giddy child.
0: I want to hear about your debrief because we haven't talked. We haven't debriefed about it. But I thought the thing that summed it up the best was during the intermission they were selling, like American oh, flag God. sunglasses and wands. And on the screen they had ten dollars plus five dollar add on. And me and Alex are sitting there just like. So $15? Like, why not just say $15? (laughs) Like, everything is such a fucking scam that they, like, they've tried to, you know what I mean, like, make it seem like they're not just ripping your ass off. And
1: you could tell they used very strategic language to say, to make people think that the money they were spending on these, like, light up fucking flag sabers and american flag it was like patriotic it was like a wand of red white and blue wand, light up one baton and, a, and a, yeah a baton and american flag and they showed a bunch of videos of their like veterans programs oh yeah and made it seem like it was going but they never said exactly that that's what it was going toward they just said you being here makes possible right these programs right but but they're such a huge corporation that they have to they have to like write some shit off so they have like a fucking supper once a year or some shit and write off a million dollars of vets. Invite about like eight
2: vets from the like yeah. severe Valeria. And then yeah, they do like it. a toy
1: drive or some shit. Yeah. Like, which means literally other people bring toys. They deliver the toys. Like how much money yeah. can that fucking? Call? Anyway, yeah. uh, but you could tell it was very strategic very strategic wording so that they couldn't right. get caught didn't, up didn't
2: wounded warrior project didn't they find out that shit was like also kind of a scam like that, that was
1: one of the ones that they said they worked with was wounded yeah. warrior they were like, like you uh, work with the wounded warrior project and, like, mm.
2: and that sounds good on the surface until you know the wounded warrior project's an absolute fucking scam but yeah. it
0: is it is well so i think the smoky mountain opry is also a scam in its own way but at least they put on a show you know, at
1: least... i loved it and what here, here's what i say. what made me feel like i liked it a little too much was the ending because the ending got so fucked up that i was like i've been enjoying myself i loved this and now it's horrible and i'm like oh my god i've been giddy this whole time and it was, this was a trap what
0: was this the was, end? A what was the end? they pulled you in and then did this really sneaky oh, fucked yeah. up thing that made my... you feel like you had been co- co-opted into the american yeah uh, My did they face... plant the
2: flag at Iwo Jima or something? Oh, yeah,
1: basically. Yeah. My face was, was hurting. I was worse. smiling so big for so long. For like an hour, I was just like... Because <laughs> I was literally so happy. My
0: face was like this for like an hour. I was just like mortified. <laughs> oh,
1: God, I love it. Then like the last, what, half hour...
0: Oh shit! The last
1: half hour was
0: got uncomfortable as fuck. Oh, it was
1: wretched. And
0: tell me what happened. Here's the other parts. It's like some
1: of it was so like (laughs) cheesy. It was like genuinely funny, and I was like laughing. And then like I would feel like. Oh, I'm, am I not supposed to laugh right now? Am I being in, in disrespectful? Because I didn't want to disrespect the artists. Like these are like paid actors and actresses and performers, and I like really respect that they got good work. They were flying around on fucking cables playing guitar and then, shit. Like wha- there wha- were okay. Wha- my wha- favorite part were the aerialists.
0: Yeah, they're doing aerialist shit. It was
1: like a Russian couple, Leanne and Samir. <laughs> I think
0: she made those names yeah, up. Leanne. <laughs>
1: Them. And, no, it was Liam. No, yeah, you're right. I think and it was. I was just like, every time they came out, I was falling in love with them. I had created this whole fucking she a story narrative about for them. Him. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm writing them into my wheel. Yeah, like, she I was like, I they came
0: across them. on a boat in 1987, and uh, they had nothing to eat but like cheese and, and crackers and bread for oh, 14 weeks, and they were
1: beautiful. <laughs> They were so beautiful, and they were, like, nothing but muscle because they're literally hanging upside down, holding both. Like, both of them could upside down hold both of their own body weights. Were from a from a, t- a poop. it was
0: pretty fucking phenomenal. Or
1: from a ribbon. They and did a the ribbon. And they were
0: playing guitar while they were <laughs> attached to a ribbon. Well, that guy was a little. He he was attached. <laughs> no, to that some, guy was different. Yeah, to some wires, and he was like fucking. He was he came out ac- over the audience, and they kept it quiet, like they kept it dark, so you couldn't see him coming out over the audience. But we did because we were we had the VIP seats. we that. the Yeah, uh, we were in the back. mezzanine, yeah, we in the mezzanine and see, so see everything happening before it yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he got above the aud- audience, and then they fucking turned the spotlight. On him when he was like about to solo, and everybody just looked up like, "Wow!" And he was just like, "Fucking ripping the the frets off this motherfucker!" Yeah,
1: shredding. I I was so into it. We were just like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) "But then things got dark."
2: What happened? So (laughs) that's y'all just keep going back to. So listen, man. There was people hanging by ribbon, ribbon, and playing guitar (laughs) for the last 30 minutes, man.
1: It peaked at Lion King, I think. Uh, yeah, I it, think Lion yeah. King was the peak. I loved it. They did like a short line. They did like one songs, one of the songs from Lion King, and which is good. Like, uh, it was, which huge, is actually which good. One which one which go the what, music is actually the, good from that. Lion King the musical. King. Yeah, that's not what they did. Was, well, I think they did a compilation. Yeah, of songs Yeah, from yeah, that. they did a compilation. of uh, like a medley. Right. Yeah, but the medley. costumes were phenomenal. Like it was beautiful. They had a cost like they had two people, costume had made an elephant, and the elephant was like walking around slowly on the stage. They had two giraffes. This
0: dude was on stilts, four stilts as a giraffe. It
1: was, it was cool. pretty
0: And impressive. then like
1: all of these dancers, and, these female dancers were like antelopes, and, and so they had huge horns. They were, it was amazing. And you have to understand
0: that we are blitzed out of our fucking Oh yeah. on oh, yeah. marijuana brownies.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. um, so all this shit's happening, and then... And then this guy, the guy, the MC comes out. He's just like, you know what? Like we couldn't do anything tonight on this stage if it wasn't for JC. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ Almighty or God of and, and all this. I don't know if it wasn't for Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> 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 he wrote a grant actually. The Carter <laughs> <laughs> Foundation supports us.
2: <laughs> if it wasn't for JC. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jimmy Carter, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, so they they started singing uh, "How Great Thou Art." Um, and did it, they do an altar call? Well, people did this spontaneously. Mm. They started standing up and praising God. It became praise and worship. It became hour. praise and worship hour. It flipped like that. And what, at first, what, I was, and what, you have to was
2: understand. Was what about name? you, stoners in the mezzanine? Yeah, people. You oh, we into, got so. Did you, did you get into it? We got so. You still got your. You still got your praise chops.
0: Well, after that, they asked people to stand up who were like first responders, cops, soldiers. And all this oh, yeah. shit. And Alex was like, "You should stand up." And I thought about standing up and being like, "Yeah, yes, that's right." <laughs> and be like, "April Fools." It was, it was April. April fools it was day. April it was Fools April 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 that fools. day.
1: <laughs> it was April Fools. How did you do
2: that day?
0: I don't know. It was way too high, and I just like I just saw all these. You were these... just too disgusted. Yeah, I was very disturbed. And...
1: So it was praise and worship hour, like three or four songs, and then the the big finale was when you're supposed to pull out your fifteen dollar flag and wand. Was uh. Is it a proud of being to- American? or Toby, something? It was
0: that Toby Keith song that oh, was like put a boot in your ass. No, it was no. the
1: nicer one. It was like, I'm trying to
0: find my friend. Freedom, freedom don't come for I love this song. American bar.
1: soldier. American yeah. <laughs> I'm an American
2: soldier. It starts and out with that little the drum. Girls and if you notice, let me
1: stop here. Just just, American flag sequence dresses. They were, yeah.
2: Just to draw this parallel, we're talking about like country and hip hop. Like, isn't it funny that like. Eminem and Toby Keith basically write the same songs. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, Eminem, like, writes all those, like, you know, like, Call of Duty soundtracks. Yeah. Like, it's very patriotic in that way.
0: Honestly, if you're an entertainer uh, or someone who calls yourself an artist who just sells out for the fucking America like that, fuck you. (laughs) Like, you don't deserve to call yourself an artist. (laughs) Do
2: you think there's ever been, like, a, okay, there's one exception to that pro-American rule. When James Brown does the song from Rocky IV, he <laughs> yeah. comes out oh there dancing. <laughs> oh, my God. Living in America. Living a in pretty America, Pretty good right. fucking song.
0: Okay, well.
2: That's the exception,
0: though. Yeah. Um, but,
1: yeah, we left there feeling a little weird.
0: Yeah, no, I, like I said, as you can imagine, a bunch of people who were blitzed, like, totally fucking just loaded out of their minds, like, <laughs> just... It's like having a blast, you know, singing some Lion King, singing some journey, Did like that
1: brownie body hat. Yeah,
0: meatloaf. <laughs> and then it goes goes to a dark place. Praise and worship. America's the shit. Like you know what i mean like it fireworks was
1: fireworks were going off it
0: was total bootlicking hour it was like total and
1: then they made all them girls in them sequence american flag dresses stand out in the hall and we all had to walk past them on the way out yeah
0: we were like ashamed we just like had our, our heads down i was like y'all are beautiful <laughs> yeah if you <laughs> want to come with say. us get <laughs> out It'd
2: have been cool if they did something subversive and went out like in the American flags and just dropped it, and it was like the like
0: this the American flag upside down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if they burned their sequence. Oh oh <laughs> I was trying to think
2: of like some revolution, like the Cuban flag. Oh, I was, yeah, Hezbollah. <laughs> they <laughs> had Hezbollah <laughs> yeah. flags. Yeah. That'd be tight. Hamas. <laughs> yeah. oh they God. got AKs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so you know, yeah, it was it was this constant mixture of like. Um, we're going to do something that's badass it's going to be badass and it was badass and then it got dark and then we would all come together and have a great time together. You know, the to only like, way the only way
2: that story would have been better is if you all would have all went down there and prayed and received Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah, if we I all as a group, like all, all of us, yeah. down to the
0: front of the yeah, like I want to dedicate my life to the on ministry drugs tonight.
2: I don't want this anymore. <laughs> oh my <laughs> yeah. god, I'm on God yeah. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got up and left life. right my I would have Yeah.
0: Did you have any? Uh, did you have any debrief about Gatlinburg proper?
1: No, I love Gatlinburg. I mean, I go there all the time. Um,
0: like Tom, home
1: from home. y'all go
2: to the to the outlet malls. Mm-mm. No, you didn't have a goddamn Gatlinburg break. We cage. went well, to the island.
0: Tom and I and
1: rode the we, I, me and Sarah <laughs> rode the Ferris wheel on the oh, island yeah. on the way home. Yeah, it was good.
0: Well, I was telling Tom about all the moonshine tasting yesterday, and actually, I wanted to tell this story at the beginning of the radio program, but it's kind of kind of funny that we've gone literally backwards in everything that I've wanted to talk about, which is perfect. Um on Monday morning, yesterday morning, Tom and I were doing the radio show and people from CBS News came in there oh to record God. us yeah, for CBS Sunday. <laughs> and we went from uh on camera, so if you look if you watch CBS on Sunday morning, you'll probably hear us talking about
1: That's not airing until like the end of the month.
0: Okay, well one Sunday morning <laughs> this month <laughs> you'll hear me and Tom yeah, Bob, talking Bob about. Bob Schieffer
2: will like go off and yeah. then you're gonna cue <laughs> yeah. up me and Tans.
0: Talking about um, we talked about our plans f- for opening a, a heartburn bar, a, uh, uh, an antacid bar, um, <laughs> and our own sort of bubby run, uh, like equivalent of what you would do in Gatlinburg, but the Whitesburg version, which is that, you know, you go and um, they pour you a shot of moonshine, but instead of it being flavored, you just put like a package of crystal light in there. <laughs> it's like $10 cheaper. And then they like, yeah, you they ask you what. If you like Gaviscon or Pepto, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, it <laughs> has chosen Anasa. Yeah, oh so God. we talked about that, and then we talked about Brother Claude Ely and James Brown, and then we talked about Anthrax. Um, so we kind of went the full gamut on air. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I hope they use
1: all oh, that for CBS and the
0: other two. CBS audience will think that Whitesburg is just home to a bunch of crazed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Just laughs> Ain't it? <laughs> We got a madman
2: in the White House, yeah. and the, on all arts funding's just go to support these two limp dicks. Yeah. They're just <laughs>
0: talking about how there ain't been any anthrax <laughs> attacks since 9-11. Because the is <laughs> about, like, NEA cuts and shit, which goes to show you that they've probably been listening to our podcasts. Which, I just want to point out that all this talk about J.D. Vance really ramped the fuck up after our first episode.
2: It just, really did. Just pointing it out.
0: You yeah. I really mm-hmm. I don't I'm inflating I our own uh, yeah. impact. but I
1: talked to someone about today, and they were like, well, you know, and this is, uh, Tyler said this yesterday when I talked to him because he said he liked it. But he said, you can't really argue with somebody's personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sure I can. Yeah. <laughs> the hell? You
2: can argue know. with his conclusions yeah, about his personal his experience. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw this. I, I was expecting this to get a lot more likes and retweets, at least like three. But like some dude that I follow had found J.D. Vance in the McDonald's <gasps> in Portsmouth, Ohio. I saw
0: that Chris Arnolde, which yeah, I've Armani, never really yeah. liked. I don't know. He's yeah. like he's sort of rubs me the wrong way.
2: Yeah, he is. He is kind of a yeah. I could see that. I quoted the picture and I said, <laughs> "And just think, Chris, had I not worked so hard to get into Yale Law School and the Marine Corps, I could have been on the <laughs> other side of that counter." <laughs> And nobody took the bait, man. I thought that was that was Twitter gold. Yeah,
0: gold. Twitter's weird like that. You think you got a banger, and then uh, they're fickle. No, no likes, no RTs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I thought I had. That was my star turning tweet. Oh uh,
0: shit. Okay, well let's uh, let's end this. Um, but for now.
1: All right, well, signing off. Signing off. Yeah. Although I could tell a quick story about the ride down.
0: Yeah, yeah, hit us. It was a, yeah, hit us with one. My favorite
1: mm-hmm. story from the ride back from Gatlinburg in the van. We were all like half asleep and drunk, uh, <laughs> except for me. I was driving. <laughs> and uh, we started uh, kissing and telling. Uh huh. <laughs> and someone told us about another someone in town who. Uh, This is the first time I'd heard this term, an unsolicited butt lick. (sighs) And I see that person all the time now, and I. And we talked about how there's like not a normal way for dicks to perform because no dick, like dicks are different all the time, and like dicks literally never do. uh, That's what we talked about. Dick, like men are so like stupid about their dicks, expecting their dicks to do things that they're just literally not going to (laughs) do. And and we all women know, like we go into any. Or, like, people who are still fucking with men, people who fuck with men are just like, we know that this dick ain't gonna do whatever you thought, whatever you think dicks do in porn. Right. Like, that's not how dicks operate. <laughs> they right. basically never do what whoever thinks they're gonna do, you know?
0: Yeah, no, 99% of dicks are uh, gonna be anticlimactic. Yeah, you know?
1: completely. What so you, why... What do
0: you mean, like, just in terms of... Aesthetics or just performance?
1: No, 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 no. Performance. Like, they, they are rarely hard when they're supposed to be. They, like... You know what I mean? Like, there's just... There's plenty of things. So it
0: just depends. I've noticed this. But the
1: point is that it's normal. Like, dicks... There's not a, like, normal way for dicks... Like, and, and men are just constantly... Oh, yeah, in, yeah. In, in this, like insecure rage about their dick not performing right but it's just like that is literally how dicks are yeah no <laughs> it's isn't a right way for dick. Did you, you don't agree
2: in the early aughts i went four months out of at one time
1: that's what i'm saying like, it's
2: like i mean i was i was asexual for a while
1: <laughs> that's not what that means i me.
0: dry spell is only asexual yeah. after oh, no, no, had it, sex was, about it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a had-
1: But this is the like this is the problem with m- cis men thinking that sex revolves around their dick. Like, well, c- sex I agree starts with that in a lot when their ways. dick is hard and it ends when they come. Like that's crazy because it's never
2: Let me tell you something I learned from the late great Prince Rogers Nelson. <laughs> if you're a straight guy you really have to introduce queer love into your life lo- in some capacity. <laughs> and that could be something as simple as just like, you know, being willing to experiment with something that like some people might find emasculating or... You
1: have to completely, you've got to, to completely reject masculinity in the bedroom. Like it's just fucked up. It like doesn't help anything.
0: Well, I'm... I've also just because I was personally traumatized for the first eight or nine years of my own sexual becoming, I've never been in the process of telling what people they should and shouldn't do in the bedroom. But I do think that you know, you know when you know, and like if you you're turned on by who and what you're turned on by, and that if you're with somebody, uh, you know what you like and you know what you don't like, and uh, I I don't know, like yeah. I, yeah, I think that a part of patriarchy is telling men, just like we tell women. Like all of our messaging is also geared towards telling men to be a certain way, and yeah. it is very toxic in many, in many ways. I agree. On the other <laughs> end, our of language that. toward men. Well, no, I don't mean that. I mean like the the images that we. So, for example, let's just take. I was growing up. Like who was two idols that that you looked up to when you were a kid? I can tell you right to bat: John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. Like, and it's dumb that that even exists, but that was just like you have an idea of and masculinity family, yeah, like, in your head. Yeah, you yeah. And, tell you, you were born in love, and, and and it's it's <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Clint Eastwood, outlaw Josie. Waring, yeah, man. yeah. Well, <laughs> come on. <man. laughs>
0: I told y'all I was genetically cowboy <laughs> in one episode, but no, I mean you're you're, you're yeah, I mean. Like, I think you're right. The, the, like, yeah, dicks don't do what we want them to do. And-, and it's it's not that. I'm I'm
1: having our, like, the conversation was that men always expect their dick to do something that's not going to do. Or, like, something different than what it does. And then they're just, like, you know, it's just, like, hard. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, yeah. Men have all these expectations about sex and their own performance. And it, like, tampers the whole fucking experience because you're having to just, like, yeah. navigate the... The identity
0: crisis that's unfolding right before your eyes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's not always that traumatic or anything. It's more just like annoying. (laughs) It's just like you. If you've set up these expectations, not me. I knew your dick wasn't gonna be what you thought it was gonna be. Like
0: we know this. (laughs) We know. (laughs) That's why I've really gone into it with the only expectation I have is uh, generally to just have fun. And uh, and try to make her come. I mean, yeah, if that's what she's into, if that's what she wants, maybe she, I don't know. It's just like, it's just, it's an adventure, folks.
1: Yeah, and don't go in with so many (laughs) expectations, maybe. But anyway, that was a lot of our talk was just like.
2: Going back to unsolicited butt licks, is that that taboo?
1: Well, I never heard anyone say it, and I definitely, I have never done that unsolicitedly. Actually, Honestly, how do, you, kill
0: me, of, like, how do you? I just kind of thought that's part of like the package. How do you do an unsolicited? But like, you see, when you're eating out someone, and then yeah, you just go and then you too just, far. Like,
1: yeah, basically. I mean, I've probably
0: done that. Like, but
1: definitely, people have done this to me. But I'm always like, "What's the situation?" Like I want to know. Oh yeah. I want to know. I don't if I want to know if you had a bad day. <laughs> like you know what I mean.
0: We, like, t- we had this conversation. Uh, yeah, let's shower ass. together. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't want to deal with your poop ass. You like, want to do with poop ass? Let's shower together. Whatever. <laughs> like whatever. We had this conversation but, yeah. because but, we were
0: talking about being in a hot tub with a bunch of poopies. Exactly. Asses.
1: Yeah. But you d- you rem- you all remember me telling you this from like two partners ago. Yeah. First encounter, and y'all were like, "That's a red flag." That was an unsolicited book. Oh, yeah, wig, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a red flag if he's got his tongue in every ass from here to wherever he right. yeah, yeah, if that he's going to
2: stick his tongue in your poopy ass, then he's probably stuck his <laughs> tongue in a lot of other poopy asses. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell you what's you so, know, what's hold so on. weird about Be- this.
0: Before we go on any further, I just want to say I literally had a friend send me a message and she said, You know, y'all keep who loves the show, by the way, she said, y'all keep just enough of your sex lives in this show to make it interesting for people.
1: You think this was too much? Did we just reveal too much? No, I think it's perfect. I asked him if he'd ever had an STD, and he was like, well, do you count pink eye? And I was like, what? That's a
0: myth, right? You can't get a pink eye from a butthole.
1: <laughs> he claimed he did. That's off you a movie. It might, might be
0: a. Yeah, it he is off a movie, he did. but you might. It mean conjunctivitis
2: from like maybe if you like stuck your like face in it.
1: Yeah, he claimed he got pink eye. <laughs> eye to eye.
2: Eye, to eye. just stuck your eye in the brown eye.
1: Well, and he was also he said it basically. He said it really started out as him like going down on her from behind. So that's why. Do you see what I'm saying? You oh, really so are like, like eye to like booty hole. Yeah, the face yeah. It's
2: the natural progression. Right. I could see that.
1: So, and he said and he got pink eye, and I was just like, oh, my God. it's was like, so do you never do that? I said, I bet you never did that again. He was like, no, i do right now if you let me.
2: Oh,
0: <laughs> shit. I was just
1: like, oh, God. I mean, it's kind of like. You're not to be a great lover, by the well,
0: way. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of like jumping off. Uh, it's kind of like uh, rock climbing. Like, you know, people who fall, you know, they, they get back up there and do it again. They may break <laughs> a few bones, but they'll get back up on their, on their feet, you know. <laughs> I
2: had a. Uh, I had a. Uh, you are talking about. Uh. I had an, an ex that, like, got to be good friends with some of my friends. Like, she moved in and was, like, roommates with them. And um, I went over to watch a uh, – like, they have been partying all night. I'd been gone for the weekend. I came back, and, like, they're all, like, passed out. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching that fucking Brendan Fraser movie where they go to the center of the earth. What's that called? Journey to the center <laughs> of the earth. Journey to the center of the earth, <laughs> I believe. Well, I, I go from the kitchen table <laughs> – and they had, like, written down, like, all their lovers and, like, ranked them. <laughs> oh, God. And I looked at hers. Holy shit. the girl I lost my virginity to? Holy shit. <laughs> Mind you. Oh, my and God. And she ranked me 11 out of 13.
0: <laughs> <gasps> Damn. <laughs> and
2: so I was like.
1: Oh, God. That has to be a turning point in your life.
2: Well, why it hurts so bad because, like, I wasn't meant to see that. Yeah. So like I know it was she was being I, honest. I had a
0: I had a friend <laughs> that this oh happened to, God. and and he found the list and he wasn't even on it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> honorable mention. Well, yeah, Total, totally just unremarkable and you know unforgettable in any way. Yeah, wow. That sort of happened to
1: me too. We were uh, in college. I lived with a bunch of guys, and I had hooked up with one of them one time, like before we lived together. Mm-hmm. But literally, we just didn't even speak of it. It was not a big deal. We were just drunk, and then we did a count. We each did a count, and like counted and named our people one time and i didn't even include him he was like later he's like you didn't even fucking include me and i was like <laughs> oh you am, I, am, I, am i no yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh, and, he, right. and he and i was just like no i guess i did i was like i just didn't think about it and he was like damn <laughs> i was like i'm sorry it wasn't anything i, I was just like I, uh, just like
2: <laughs> damn not not good to me like that
1: <laughs> But we had lived together for years and, like, nothing, yeah. and it was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. Fucking chill. That's great. I was like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, me and we
2: tie up so much of our self-worth and our sexual prowess, and, like, it's not unfounded. It's not unfounded. <laughs> I mean, you know? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know? Well,
0: because I think that we become sexualized, like, we become aware of sex in... A highly oppressive, fucked up environment. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like middle school and like the American family structure. Like all, you know that we grow up in these institutions that are just woefully inadequate at. And you do a good job with sex ed, but for the vast majority of kids in this country, they don't get a good sex education. Yeah, that's the whole, that's and,
1: the whole concept of right of, of sex sex ed. So it's like we don't get
0: it. Well, yeah, and so that's why. A lot of men, I think, are probably just total fucking basket cases, you know, Just especially in the bed, just like, oh, I don't know, I can't get it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think,
1: I I mean, I don't want to make the age-old assumption that men watch more porn than women, but I kind of think it's true. And I think at least men... Maybe that's not true, but I think men are a lot more likely to base what they think normal sex is on porn that they see. When women are not as likely to do that because the women in porn look so unreal, right? And it like seems so unreal, but the men are just like usually pretty normal, like look like normal guys. I mean, maybe they. Have I a huge disagree.
2: Dick. How many fucking normal guys have a ten inch hog and r- not rock all hard porn, abs?
1: Not all porn has huge dicks. Well, you're watching. And- I have watched plenty of porn where the guys are just normal fucking looking whatever. And what? the women I mean, are how, still...
2: many, how, how many fucking hogs have you seen? I have
0: never seen a porn where I was like, yeah, I could rival that guy. <laughs> Not right, once. Right, I will say right. the vast majority of porn because it is so Maybe
2: rape. one guy that, that Marcus London, dude. He's pretty modest land <laughs> out. I used to like watch It's sick I used to watch him
0: Because it made me feel like I was like Desirable Well I think there's I think there is a rape culture dimension To the big old dick You know what I mean Oh totally Like I I think that is Partly why it exists In so much porn Because it's just like This is what Stimulates women, you know what I mean? Like this is and and also also like when you're growing up as a boy in a locker room, like that's honestly. You think you're the smallest guy in the room? Yeah, you think and that's, oh, there's you're so really much that. of socialization in young teen boys about their dick size that it is it can't be a coincidence that so much porn has massive dicks. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It allows what's you. The, to What's
2: the perfect? What what's the monetary like driver of that that psychosis though? Of, of like the whole like dick anxiety size anxiety. <laughs> but
1: there's a name for it. Are so you are talking about a name for the psychosis? No, I, no, no,
2: no. Like, like, what's like the monetary? Like, think what, why, what, what, what do they stand? To, like, how do people that produce mm. porn? How do they stand to profit off playing on our dick size anxieties?
1: Oh, I mean that's the, that's how they sell cars. They sell. Oh yeah. Suits. Dick they pills, sell watches. Bags. Well, it's like you said. Pills, yeah. If,
0: if you watch the Super Bowl, like all the you know, if you watch a football game, like what you said it in the first episode, I think like, like all every the- ad is geared for oh, yeah. commercial, Reinforcing March like hyper masculine, right? Oh, oh right.
1: yeah, we have seen like four different versions of Viagra ads during March Madness, oh, yeah, during our live stream. And yeah.
2: that's so funny when Jonathan said that she just spears right into your ED.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> she kind of does. She does. Like, I've she never kinda...
1: watched that commercial the same. Every like, time uh... I see it, I'm like, oh god.
0: It's all social control, folks.
1: All right, we got an hour and a half. We all right,
0: yeah, we're good. All right, so let's end the f- let's end the conversation there. I like
1: how many times we disagreed on this podcast. I think it's good. It's good. It's good it for makes us. for good radio. It's good for us.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> we should get a bail. All yeah, all goes back to what you're saying is we're not a cult.
1: <laughs> we're not a goddamn cult. <laughs> all
0: right, okay. All right. Well. Goodbye, everybody. Till next time. Adios. Hit the hit the space bar.